less stress, more time, more money. Welcome to the Cash Flow Contractor Deep Dive. What's up, everybody? How are we doing? Hey, doing great, man. We've got a beautiful day outside. Quit raining. The humidity's below 100%. So life is Finally. good. I, uh, I, I have actually another podcast called Let's Go for a Walk where I just talk about life and different, different things. Um, and I've been trying to record it for the past like four days and it's just been pouring in them. I usually, I'll wake up early and I'll go on a walk and I'll record it while I'm walking. Very informal thing, but it's been pouring in the mornings. I actually tried recording one morning and it was like water got in the phone. So I had to like not use my phone for the rest of the day, basically. So finally this morning I go to record because it's not raining. But I don't know if you guys were up around six or so, but the the wind was like 25, 30 mile an hour winds. Um, and we've got these pecan trees, six pecan trees in our yard. And they're just dropping everywhere. So I'm like recording the podcast walking and they're just dropping on me like crazy. Uh, well, at least they're not coconut trees. Yeah. We're kind of nearing that, that phase in Oklahoma where it's kind of weird weather. Yeah. And we passed the other phase of weird weather in May and June, early June, yeah. when it's serious weird weather. You know, our contractor friends listening are going to be chuckling about Why? wind and rain. Everybody wants to be a oh, contractor yeah. in April when the yeah. first day hits 75 degrees and you got sun. The other life yeah. of contractors is the day after you got a two inch rain and you're walking through the mud and the yeah. wind's blowing and or you're out when it's 20 below zero trying to screw stuff together and get the job done because the client's mad at you. So. Yeah. I was just talking to a contractor who said this week has been kind of a wash just because of all the rain. Yeah. Literally uh, and figuratively. Huh? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, um, man, we're, uh, we're really choosing a, so it's a, it's a tangible topic for sure, but I bet to most contractors, this is not a tangible, they don't feel like it's tangible. Um, uh, it's fluffy to them. Maybe it's not important, not something they think about most of the time, but it's, it's extremely important, right? Right. Well, they may not think of it in the terms that we're going to talk about it, but they're living it. And, mm -hmm. uh, and as we'll see at the very end with the quote that we have at the very end, yeah, it, it's supremely important and they either suffer or benefit by right. whether or not they get this particular topic, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, um, what's your company cultures, our topic, uh, excited to dive into this, but, um, Martin, you, we were talking about this just before this, um, you know, there's a company that was it 1985 they started. Yep. And uh, right from the beginning, they had these, their values written out. Yep. Um, hey man. Oh, you did. I'm, I was secretly texting you, put the show notes up there, man. <laughs> and there they are. But, um, yeah, there's a well-known company, uh, mm -hmm. Large started in 1985, and they started with a culture statement that stated their values. And it was their their statement was integrity, commitment, respect, and excellence. And by 2000, they had grown to 29,000 employees and 101 billion dollars in sales, all under the banner 
of that culture statement, which reflected their, their values. And I mean, culture really matters. And I think we'll, we'll talk about that story again in a little bit, but it's, it's a, for a lot of people, it seems intangible and it's like many things just because you're not keeping good books doesn't mean that you have numbers that you don't have numbers, Right. right? Just because you're not using a CRM doesn't mean that you don't have contacts. They're just in your head or in your phone or on a spreadsheet or whatever. Same thing with culture. Just because you haven't worked on it and you're not intentional about it, there's a culture that exists. So what, what's your definition of company culture? Well, as, as saying again, kind of what you said, anytime more than two people get together, there is a culture there, period, end of discussion. That's a natural fact. Now, the question is, did you create the culture or did it happen to you uh, yeah. by luck or chance? Uh, but what, what is a, a, a culture? A culture is a collection of behaviors exhibited by people that reflect their values. Mm-hmm. And what the point of this podcast is that you want the culture in your company to reflect your values, the things that are important to you. Uh, and that, I, that, that's what it is. And there is a culture and it does reflect values. Uh, if you haven't worked on it and haven't defined it, it's going to reflect individuals' values and to some extent your values as a leader. But uh, it's going to be a collection of values and everybody has values. Uh, yeah. So it's going to be the collection that gets put together either intentionally or by happenstance. And I, I think if you just go to like some basic, you know, basic foundational things, you can see culture, um, maybe not on the company level, maybe that's not so basic, but even just go back to when you were in school, you, you found a group of friends and you got, you found those friends because you had the same values because right. the culture fit. And, you know, I've been in several situations where, you know, maybe, you know, through coaching, uh, with other coaches or even some of my first work job, uh, my first jobs, where the culture was so difficult, it just felt like friction. It felt like it that I didn't belong. And and to me, culture is all about belonging. Like who really fits? What is the belonging there? And right. I'll talk more about that in a little bit. But um, you, you mentioned that it's a collection of behaviors that reflect the values of a company. So what are values? Well, I like Brian Tracy. The author Brian Tracy has the best really definition of values. Yeah, he's written like 50 books and we all have some resources from him in the show notes, but he defines a value as those things that you stand for. And sometimes it's more clear, clear if you think of it the other way, it articulates the things that you won't stand for. Right. And I think those are really good. Uh, they're the things that are most important to you. Um, so that if you violate them, uh, you know it. Exactly. I think that's always a good exercise. You know, whenever we're doing, whenever we're doing branding for a company and we ask them like, who are you? Like what, what words describe you? The best question is always, what are some words that don't describe you? Right. Uh, And so by going on the negative side, it always helps you to see, well, that's not who we are. That's not who we are. So I think that's a really good exercise. Yeah. I mean, one of the ways uh, to kind of think about it in contracting, uh, would you cheat an old lady or a pensioner? out of their deposit money for fixing their roof. You know, that happens all the time. That's one set of values. If you sure. would never even consider such a thing, that's a different set of values. 
if you your partner has one set and you have the other, there's going to be conflict. Yeah. Right. So that you know, whether it's in, whether it's in the work or whether it's in personal life. Yeah. Right. Outs, outside, uh, personal. Yeah. I mean that is a little bit separate, but I have a number of uh, clients in the past where personal values didn't match up, and there's always a source of conflict that comes from that because yeah. personal values do come to the workplace. Well, and that I always because tell it's my who you are. That exactly. That's what I always tell my employees. Like, I want to know what their personal goals are, not because I'm going to judge them off of it, but it matters. Like, y- you can't separate your personal life from your professional life. Right. They are one and the same. Yeah, maybe you're showing up and you do different things at one than the other, but who you are does not change. Right. And one one of the things when I talk to clients, I have two things: uh, beliefs and values. Beliefs are are things that you hold to be true based on. Uh, like I'm not a good salesman or I am a good salesman or, or uh, those are things that you hold to be true based on evidence that you've gathered and beliefs can be undone. You can think you're a bad salesman, then take some sales courses, learn some principles of sell- selling and become a good salesman. Values don't change. Uh, there's, it, it's possible for them to change, but it just doesn't happen, happen very often. Values right. are who you are. If you're honest and you respect people more than money or, uh, or vice versa, you respect money more than people. That's kind of who you are. And it's yeah. not easy to just change that. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Um, so what are some, let's, let's go back to company culture. I know values, company culture, they're intertwined. What, um, what, let's give some good examples. I know we've got several here and I'm actually going to even talk about our own company, Benali. Right. Uh, but I'll well, go ahead and let you give some of yours. A place where you see values show up, and th- these are all good examples, but uh, if I mention Southwest Airlines, uh, a, a vision comes into everybody's mind when they hear that. Two, yeah. of, two of their values, as stated, are a servant heart, uh, and they expand on that a little bit to mean uh, we live by the golden rule, treat others yeah. as we would have them treat us, and respect, to treat other people with respect. Another yeah. one of their values that's stated uh, is to have fun, to be a passionate mm-hmm. team player. Anybody that's flown Southwest or knows anybody who's flown yeah, Southwest, you, you know that, that, that those are their values or among their values and yeah. that they mean it and they live it. And as a result, South Lines, uh, Southwest Airlines has been the most profitable airline since it was formed in the 60s, I think it was. Yeah. Uh, another one is Chick-fil-A. Uh, three of their values are customer first, personal accountability, and stewardship. And I think anybody who's been to Chick-fil-A understands that those are their values and that they live by those values. And they're very profitable and very principled company as a result of those. Absolutely. And another one is a, is a company that I really like. I use them as an example. I don't, they're a nationwide construction company. I, I don't want to use their name, uh, but three of their uh, values as stated on their website are fairness, accountability, and consideration of others. And I don't know that much about the company never having dealt with them, but I do know that they have a policy in place, fairness, accountability, and consideration of other manifest in this policy that they invoice their customer with a note that says, if we've disappointed you in any area of this covered by this invoice, circle that area and short pay the invoice. 
Now that is customer first accountability and stewardship yeah. right there. And it manifests in that action of telling the customer, if we disappointed you, don't pay us. And it, and it also works really well because customers perceive that they're fair and they usually work things out. Yeah. So that That's three where their cultures are identified and they live by it and they mean it. And it's obvious to anybody who walks up and comes in contact with those companies. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I'm excited to dive deeper into this topic of company culture and how you begin thinking about your company culture and developing it and nurturing it. Uh, and we'll go back to these examples because I, I think they, they really are great things to look at in more depth. Um, I had a couple actually, so I'm going to talk about Benali, but before, but first I don't actually remember the name of this company, but it was an electrician and they came up with a USP, a unique selling proposition that would differentiate them from other electricians that were out there. And it was something along the lines of, we have the the friendliest technicians and they really lived that that was their culture. And they would actually even have bonuses and rewards for cut for their employees for how friendly they were to their customers, but also yeah. to each other, to their own employees inside the company. And I mean, they even would come on, you know, on their checklist, they had to make sure they did something friendly, not just a smile and a handshake, but there was a list of items that they could have done, whether it was taking out the trash for them or bringing the trash bins from the street or helping them mount the TV as they were there, bringing in groceries from the car. There, there were just so many different things that they could do. Um, for their customers and they would have to check that they did something that was friendly for them. And then they were given rewards and bonuses for how friendly they were. And right. man, it just changes the entire, everyone's happier. You're happier when you're nice to people right. when you're caring and friendly and just change the complete uh, culture from any, and separate them from every other electrician in their area. So uh, really cool example for a, a contractor there for ourselves, for Benali, um, you know, we really do have to work as a team. We're essentially an outsourced team for, for contractors, for manufacturers, for their marketing, for their sales enablement, uh, for software. And whenever we, you know, are an outsourced team for somebody, we've got to have our stuff together. Cause if we're going to be that for somebody else, we, we really got to know what's going on. So I came up with, uh, six core values and I actually did this with the team as well. But, um, the six are together is better always be inspired, just be real, make it work, change is certain, celebrate good times. Um, for together is better. You know, we are unified in our goals, in our work, and in our wins, in our losses, because teams do it best. We always want to approach it with team with a team mentality, uh, set each other up for success, always approach it together. Uh, for the second one, always be inspired. We want to be eager to learn, to grow, uh, to work on things that we're curious about. We don't want work to become mundane. We always want to go into things with a fresh perspective and a desire to grow through it and learn through it. Uh, the third one is just be real. Uh, we're not afraid to tell or hear the truth and learn from it. You know, if we're going to improve, we have to be able to be honest with each other and with ourselves and know that it's okay if we make mistakes, but we just need to learn from it and move on. And that's what will make us better in the, in the long run. Um, the fourth one, which I think is really our pillar is make it work. You know, we have to each individually be problem solvers and solutions finders who will never settle for just, never settle for just okay. Um, 
and man, we, I mean, everybody has had to go through this on their own of like figure out a pro how to solve this problem and, and not just be like, okay, this is how it is. I guess I can't do anything. Uh, and not like, oh, well, I've got to wait on so-and-so. No, everybody's got to make it work. Uh, the fifth one change is certain. We're constantly looking to improve and understand, and it's okay to tweak things. I think if you get stuck in a rut of like, no, this is how we do it and it's never going to change or wow, like the market's changed or, you know, there's this new feature or new thing that's out there. We have to be ready to improve and ready to change things. Cause if we're, if we're stuck in our ways, we're never going to be able to adapt to the right. times. And there, uh, that's a great point on a cultural fit too, because there are a lot of people who don't want change. They want to exactly. learn how to do something and stick with that. And they're upset when you, you know, there's an old saying, if, if you, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Other people out there saying, if it ain't, or if it ain't broke, break it. Yeah. And that's constant improvement. So anyway, that's, Absolutely. that's a great place where a conflict of values uh, yeah. can cause a lot of problems. Yeah. And our last one is celebrate good times. And it's, we need to be proud of our work, but we also need to advocate for each other and to do our, to be our best, to do our best. Like, you always want to be celebrated by the people that you do work with. It's nice to feel like, wow, like they recognize what I did and they support me. And I feel good about the work I just did because I was celebrated. Um, so always encouraging each other, always letting people know like, man, what you did there, that was incredible. Um, and on the flip side of that, Hey, that's not good enough. You know, that's on the just be real side. So uh, you got to have both sides of the coin. And really that's, I, I really like our core values. Um, I think that we we do live them pretty well, and having these has made everything so much easier and more clear. It's, and I, I know we're about to go into this, but I'll go ahead and give my answer for it. Like the, the where I would start with company culture. I know that's where, you know, if you've never worked on this before or thought about it um, or written things out, where I would start with company culture. I know you've got a different one, Martin, but I would even just start with the vision. A, and know where you're going to go. And once you do have that vision and you're ready to start working on your culture, just start thinking about how you're going to get there. How do you want to do it? You know, are you going to lie, steal and cheat your way to your vision? Probably not. I hope not. Not a good recipe for success. How are you going to get there? Do you want to be stressed out? Do you want to, do you want to work 80 hours a week to be able to get to your vision? If that's it, if you, if you're a grinder, Put that as part of your values and put it in your in your culture statement. For us, it's really about doing good work, living honest lives, and challenging ourselves and knowing things are going to change, but becoming, you know, the best person we can be through the process, developing ourselves. And so I think once you do know where you're going and you have that vision, then you're able to start to identify how you're gonna get there. Um, so Martin, I know you 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 have a different thought. I think you probably fall in line a little bit with what I'm saying, but your, yeah. your, your place to start is a little bit different. Yeah. I, I mean, you need a vision always uh, so that right. you know which direction you're going. But when I did, I treat that as a little bit of a separate, separate subject. I'm never going to speak sure. against the vision, but as a practical matter, when I'm working with people and we want to start uh, coming up with a, cult, a company culture, which we embody in a company culture statement of which we have a copy of one in the show notes. Uh, it starts with identifying your values because you can't match something to something else. If you don't haven't defined either one of them. 
everybody who's listening to this, maybe driving around in a pickup going between jobs, thinking, well, I don't know what, like you said at the beginning, you know, touchy feely, fluffy crap. I don't want to mess with that. Well, yeah, I guarantee you, you have values. You know, when you screwed up, uh, when you violated your values, that's when you get a knife in the gut and it hurts for more than a day. Uh, maybe yeah. you got caught lying. Not that anybody listening would ever lie, but a little <laughs> white lie that you didn't correct that grew into a bigger lie and you got caught. And it's terrible because it's violating your values. There are people out there who couldn't care less. If they got caught lying because that's their modus operandi. So the first thing is to identify your values. And if you think about it, you know what they are. Uh, but sometimes it takes prompting. It's, it's things like thinking about what do I think about money? Well, I, is money the most important thing to me or is it just something I need uh, in order to carry out my life? But what do I think about money? Where do I stand on health? Is my business or my job or my work or that of my employees more important than my personal health? So I'm driving myself into an early grave. How do I feel about my family? Do I have a work-life balance? How do I feel about customers? Uh, some of my clients think customers are the most royal pain in the ass that you could ever have to do with. And some of them are, but if you don't like culture, I mean, if you don't like customers, that's uh, some values. Or if you, you do like and value customers and respect them and uh, love them and you bring on people who don't, that's a conflict. What do you think about fun? Should work be fun? Uh, are you a team guy or are you a bunch of lone wolves out there? Do you care who gets credit for doing things well? Uh, respect. Okay. You know, are you a guy who does anything at any cost? So those are the type of things you have to think about that are most important to you. We'll talk about this a little more later on, but you have to be careful with platitudes because uh, quality service, um, mm -hmm. you know, those kinds of, of things are integrity, quality and service are invisible <laughs> words in marketing because everybody yeah. says it. Nobody sees them. Those are good words. And later on, we'll have to figure out integrity. What does that mean? Well, of course, everybody says, of course, integrity is important to me. Well, you identify what it is and then what that is. You refine it a little bit. So what integrity means? I do what I say I'm going to do when I say I'm going to do it. I communicate immediately if I find that I can't. Anyway, yeah. so you start by identifying what's important to you and, and writing them down. And that's a, that's a good point. I, I encourage, just like you said, I encourage you try to use like phrases and sentences to describe your values. I mean, you, maybe you can sum it up in a word, but that actually just makes it really hard. You know, if you can just right. start when you're identifying your values and use phrases like ours, we're not using single words like together is better rather than saying teamwork, right. Right. you know, teamwork we could say, but then that becomes almost an invisible word. Like everybody says teamwork is yep. important. But if we say together is better and we say, then we describe it. We're unified in our goals and our work, in our wins and our losses, because teams do it best. That's teamwork, but I've just said it in a way that really resonates and is more clear. Right. So yeah, use phrases when you're when you're identifying those. So you 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 said that it's important to start with your identify your values. And I agree. I think it is, you know, a great starting point. How are you actually going to discover them? How do you actually okay, I'm, I'm going to start working on identifying my values. How do I discover these? Well, the 
again, there are some topics in the show notes that'll prompt your thinking, but your real values are the things when you feel completely satisfied, you're proud you finished the job, the customer was happy, Mm -hmm. uh, people got to go home on time, you're proud of your team, maybe a team member uh, stepped up to the plate and did more than you expected, and you really viscerally feel good about that, very satisfied. Mm -hmm. You've touched on some of your values. Conversely, what I'd said earlier, if you do something and you screwed up and you know you screwed up and maybe you covered it up and maybe you didn't behave the way you want and it really hurts, you've identified one of your values, the opposite yeah. of whatever caused that. And so everybody could write down a hundred values, but to get it down to four or five things that matter most to you. Uh, mm-hmm. And you have to do it by realizing what matters to you, uh, both on the positive and what matters to you on the, on the negative so you can avoid it. Yeah. I had a really, I had a great mentor, Tim Manon, um, who really helped me to find my personal values and my wife and I's values, uh, when we were doing marriage counseling with him, uh, before we got married. And he really said, you know, anybody can go and write values on a piece of paper. Like I can sit here and say, Oh yeah, I like the idea of that. You know, that, yeah, that sounds, that sounds great. But really you've got to look at yeah, your behavior, but look at where you're spending your time. Look at where you're spending your energy and your resources. You know, if, if you're spending your, your money ordering pizza every night, you probably shouldn't put health on your, as one of your values. You know what I mean? Yeah. It sounds well, good, health is not one of your values and perhaps it should be. <laughs> sure, sure. Exactly. And so that's where you're going to have to, but then again, and we'll talk about this more. Yeah. Maybe health should be one of your values. So you write it down. The reality is like, it's not, if you're not able to live that out, it's not actually a value and being able to actually deliver on your values and, and live out those behaviors is so crucial because if you're going to have a company culture that really sticks, you've got to go do it yourself. You have to be the, the role model, the example to be able to to really have to live it. You have to live it. Matter yeah. of fact, on that point is if you're not capable of living the values that you're professing, then don't list them as your values. Yeah. You're better Absolutely. off to not have them than to have them and be uh, inconsistent because people will yep. become cynical about everything. Absolutely. Everything. Yeah. So when you're when you're developing your you know company culture statement, um, you know you know your values. You've you've got them written out. What is like the next step? Okay, so I've got these, you know, values written out and I've developed my culture statement from it. What now? Now what? How is this going to change? How is this going to impact my business? Oh, well, okay. Uh, I mean, the next step once you've listed them is to flesh them out a little bit. Um, right, right. But you've got them fleshed out. Like, okay, we, right. we've got this figured out, right? What, what would be the next thing to do? Oh, they make, uh, they make everything, they change everything for you. And you have to begin to, one of the main advantages of having your values laid out is that you can begin to acquire people who have similar values. Mm -hmm. And that's like being in the zone. People say, well, I don't know how I got there, but man, I was in the zone. Well, you're in the zone with your team if everybody Mm -hmm. shares the same values. And uh, we've discussed this a little bit beforehand. If you already have a team, some of them will and some of them won't. Maybe you're a lucky few. Everybody matches your values 
that that happened to you. But typically, you're going to have to know what your values are and then look to accumulate uh, people with similar values into your company. Uh, we've talked about this too, but uh, people don't generally change much. If you, going back to right. our uh, fleecing the old lady out of her deposit on a roofing job, if you have somebody who's willing to do that, uh, then they're, they're the kind of person who's willing to do that. And if that's inconsistent with you, uh, you're not really going to change that person. Not to say anybody right. hasn't ever changed their values, but it, it doesn't happen very often. If that's who they yeah. are, then uh, typically you have to part company and <laughs> part company with inconsistent values and then accumulate people who have similar values. And there are ways to, uh, in the interview process and when you're meeting people, bring them in to begin to under to begin to look for consistent values. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think, I, I think that's absolutely right that you have to start whenever you're hiring people that has to be at the core, right? You, and this right. gets into a whole different topic, but you, you're big on hire for value, not for skills necessarily. I mean, right. obviously. Well, that old saying is skills. you hire for skill and fire for attitude. And what that's saying is you hire for skills, which you recognize and can test for. Right. Uh, but you wind up firing that great uh, employee who had these high skills, maybe a machine operator or something could do really well, but didn't show up, caused lots of drama, fights at the workplace, uh, stealing tools, doing side jobs. So you're firing yeah. for attitude, but what you're, you're really firing for is their values aren't the same as yours. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think um, what, what I always try to consider with my with my company, I know I'm not a contractor. I, I probably see a lot of my employees than most contractors do if they're on different job sites and all these different things. But I always try to think about, you know, in not in terms of I need to fire this person because they don't fit or I need to only hire people that are going to fit. I just think about belonging. I think we all want to belong. I think we all want to be safe. If you look at, you know, how- Hey, we're getting so, a good look at your values. Yeah. By those yeah, comments. Sure. There are people yeah. who wouldn't say that. Sure. Sure. But I, I think, you know, if you look at how civilization starts, people start trusting each other be, to be able to go and, you know, leave the, leave the tribe and go hunt and know that they're not going to be, you know, everything's going to be taken away. You know, there was safety there. That was, there, there was belonging. And I think we all want that um, in our lives, but especially in our work. We want to know that, you know, we belong in the right place. We fit and we have, we're safe where we're working. They're not going to cheat us. They're not going to fire us or whatever it is. And same thing as a, the owner, you want to feel safe with your employees. I trust them to take care of my business. Right. I trust them with different aspects of what I have. And uh, one of my Mount Rushmore's um, little hint at it uh, is the culture code. Uh, it's a book by Daniel Coyle. And basically he studies highly successful groups. He like, you know, sits, sits with uh, the San Antonio Spurs for an entire season and, and gets to know like, okay, what makes them tick? What makes them such a successful group? You know, they've been to the playoffs for like 20 straight years or something crazy. Uh, what is it that they do that's different? And in there, he talks about belonging. Um, and he talks about some cues that really fall in line with that. And the cues, there's three of them. Energy individualization and future orientation. 
Um, so you can tell that someone belong feels like they belong in your company and they belong if they have those three things. So the energy they're investing in the exchange that is occurring. So they're, they're invested in what's going on. You can see that in them. Individualization, they treat the person as unique and valued. So if, if your organization is treating your employees as unique and valued, they're going to feel like they belong. Um, and then future orientation, they signal the relationship will continue, that it's not ending. And if you can see that, that you, if your organization, if your company is is providing that for employees, but you then you see those in return, that they feel those things, mm-hmm. then you've got a culture that's going to be highly successful if you're following the culture code. Um, and so I, I don't know, I just always think about it in those terms. I'm trying to make sure that employees feel safe here, but also that I feel safe with them. Uh, so no, I, I, th- those are really good, but I, I also emphasize we're hearing your values, which are magnificent right. values. I'm telling you, there are assholes out there. Don't get <laughs> about any of that. Uh, right. You're true. Yeah. And, and employees. Uh, and I've, I've met a number of them in my life and sure. uh, I've tried to change some of them and I've found that's, pretty futile. Uh, well, I, I, it's hard to say impossible, but it's pretty much. And, uh, it's hard if your values are that way, which by the way, those are stellar values. And I've known that about you. That's one reason I like you so much. Uh, I agree with those values, but there are people out there who really don't. And, uh, they'd be sneaky about it. Some are obvious about it. Uh, but when you discover somebody who's fundamentally disagrees with that, wants the credit, yep. wants the money and is disruptive to your team and won't share it. What, what are you going to do with them on your team? Get out of there. Okay. So we agree on that. My, oh, absolutely. My, my, uh, I've always hated firing people. Um, I used to say that I really was delighted when I caught somebody stealing from me, which has happened probably four times in the last 40 years. <laughs> Clearly, absolutely, unequivocally caught them stealing confronted them. They admitted it. And one of the most delightful things in my life, your ass is out of here because no question about, did I give them a chance? And did I explain it well enough? And is that on me? It was just clear. But as I got older and older, I kind of go back to my thing that if, uh, I mean, if they value, uh, the Chicago bulls and I value the Oklahoma city thunder, that's not a fundamental, that's not a difference. But if they're willing to cheat that old lady uh, and get away with it, and I'm not, that's a difference that's irreconcilable, right? Yeah. So I've, I've kind of come, I'm a little more like, man, they just got to go. Everybody's got a place in the world, but your place isn't here. So yeah, identify I, I, and accumulate and don't tolerate. Mm-hmm. Not, mm-hmm. I mean, so we're, we're not that far apart on that. You wouldn't tolerate people well, that were just fundamentally different than you. But, but at the same time, like you've got to be able to find tangible ways that they actually don't fit the culture. And Oh yeah. It, it, yes and no. I mean, yeah, they, you see them steal. That's a really easy yeah. thing to identify, but some things aren't as easy to identify. And I, maybe oh, I'm yeah. doing it wrong, but the way that I've done it, you know, I've got a one-on-one with my teammates, um, with my team and we're a small team. So, you know, if, if you've got dozens of employees, that's not really possible, but you can do this with manager. And we got ones to ones, one-on-ones once a week, but then we do quarterly reviews. Um, and during those one-on-ones, 
we're always talking about the things that also are in the quarterly reviews and we're doing small little updates, but that's the, that's the opportunity to correct the, the oh, yeah. behavior that's wrong. That's yeah. the opportunity to give critical feedback and that's the opportunity to give them a chance uh, before it's too late. But if it's not working out, you know, those employee reviews, we cover our values in maybe in roundabout ways, but we're covering if they're living out the values and we rate no, them. That, you, you're making the exact case for having a culture statement, which is a list of values, because yep. when you bring that person in, you have something to point to and say, uh, this value, in my judgment, you violated it. I mean, you have something to yep. talk about. If you don't have a culture statement, if you haven't presented it to people and fleshed it out and explained it and make and lived it, when you bring somebody in, it's one of the things I hated more than anything else, firing somebody because they had a bad attitude. Well, what the yeah. hell is a bad attitude? Well, a bad attitude is an attitude that violates your values and your culture. Yeah. I mean, that's what it is. And if you haven't defined any of that, it's one of those things like, uh, I guess I'm a soft heart too, because I didn't want to just fire them for a bad attitude, but they had to go because they had a bad attitude. Well, how can yeah. I define it, explain it, measure it, quantify it? There's some people listening to us right now, I guarantee you, they say, I don't give a damn. His ass is out of here. You know, yeah, what's your sure. problem? But there are other people, even big old boys, that kind of have a soft heart that, well, you know, I didn't give them a chance and they keep violating. But when you right. have a culture statement and your values written out, you now have something more or less objective to point to and say, mm -hmm. this is the issue. So you, you right. what you were talking about makes the case yep. for why you have to have your values listened so that they, it's so that you have them to point to and they have it and they've seen it and understand what the, what the expectations are. Yeah, absolutely. So let's, let's talk about, okay, you're trying to, you know, really be intentional about your culture. You're trying to make sure people fit in the culture. What if you're going through this and you're like, this is ridiculous. Like our culture is not in line with this right now and it needs to change. How do you reverse that? Well, the, the first thing is identify what your culture is and flesh it out. Right, right. And begin to make more objective uh, judgments about the people like, this guy or that gal or whatever it is that you can say, this is the problem. Aha, uh -huh, this is the problem. And you can do what you do and talk to them. I just on a way shorter leash, if people in, are inconsistent with your values, they just got to go. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that that's the hard ass way to look at it, but they just yeah. got to go. Uh, you're, you're not going to change them. And it's also not your job to change them. Yep. Absolutely. I, I think maybe I'm showing my values that. by doing that. I really care about people, but when you've got mm -hmm. one that's just consistently wrong and inconsistent with your values, they just got to go period. They'll yep. wind up working somewhere. Yeah, they will. And I, I think it, I mean, ultimately it starts with you. We've talked about this already, but don't create, don't create a culture statement that isn't you. That's like, you've yeah. got to be, you've got to be yourself. And then when you're able to, if you've found something that's really yourself, it starts with you. If you need to reverse your company culture, either you need to be truer to who you are when you're hiring and making sure that you're finding people that belong in that culture, or you, you need to, you know, 
rethink who you are acting as right. uh, and start being a better example and start actually living it out there. Because uh, if, if you want to nourish and foster a positive culture in your company that fits with you, you're the example. You yeah, have to live, live it. Yeah. You've got I think we said that earlier, or maybe it was before the show, but if you're putting up platitudes, uh, just saying it's because they sound good and it's not really who you are, you're better off to leave it completely alone yeah, than absolutely. to put it up and be inconsistent. Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, if you're, if, if you've got those people that are, you know, good apples and they're, they're right along with you, that's who you want on your team. You've got to encourage and incentivize them, right. incentivize their positive behavior. That's consistent with the values. That's how you're going to continue to reinforce that culture is if you're rewarding people for being in line with your culture and then celebrate them, recognize them publicly in front of the company, uh, on social media, even right. When they're, when they're living out the values that you want in your, in your culture, if you incentivize it, people will take notice of it. They'll take notice that that's how I need to be acting. That's what's going to get me to belong even more to find success in this company. Um, and you know, like I said earlier, I actually review my employees and rate their performance in line with our values. Right. I so, think, uh, there's an old saying, catch people doing something right. Yeah. You know, catch them in public doing something right. Word of caution. We talked about this a little too. Uh, some people, uh, don't want to walk up on stage and get a award. It just absolutely mm-hmm. is the, there's the five languages of love in the business place that's worth reading, but yeah. you still want to recognize and acknowledge people. But some people, uh, public recognition is torture. Some people would like to have a vacation <laughs> instead or something like that. But the idea of living your values and recognizing other people when they do reinforces them. And, uh, and that is how you nourish and foster a positive culture in your business. Yeah. So, We've, we've talked a lot about company culture, you know, how to identify it, how to create it, how to nourish and foster it, how to reverse it. Um, what, why, what is the value? What's the value of company culture? Like, is there a dollar value that you can say on, that you can put on company culture? It's so far beyond dollars that it's hard to describe. Uh, going from having contested difficulties with your team to having a team that's covering you, thinking in advance, helping you, taking initiative. It's a quantum leap. Uh, Just the ability to delegate, the ability to have time to work on your business, the ability to take some time off, uh, to have a culture of of trusted allies who share your values is just a lifestyle. Uh, And it manifests itself as money too, because uh, things, the the saying, we want all the guns pointing out outside the foxhole. You know, Mm -hmm. you got some of them pointing inside. It's it's really distracting. So uh, it you don't have as much turnover among people. Uh, Customers can tell. That's the thing about Southwest Airlines. Every customer understands that they have a fun culture at Southwest Airlines. Either that or they've been faking it really well for a long time. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, You get your time back. You get the the use of their brains because they're collaborators working with you rather than detractors just trying to figure out how to get out of work or do the minimum. It's just countless uh, benefits 
to it's, where it's, the team can't sure put the a dollar value back. on it. Right. Yeah, you can't put a dollar value on it, but it is priceless. I think. Right. I think you're you're absolutely right, and I think if you look at there's there's so many things you know you've talked about the the happiness of your employees and you know less turnover and getting time back and a collaborative team, but even just like culture is the best marketing. Like absolutely, if you're if you like that electrician that I gave the example of, whenever they're living out that USP of the friendliest technicians, um, man, that stands out to customers, and they're like, wow, like I want to do business with them, and I'll pay a premium for it because th- they're friendly, and and I love that about them. Southwest Airlines, they have people that are like, I hate traveling on United or on American. The the uh, flight attendants are jerks and they don't enjoy their job. And, you know, I, I can't stand it. But when I go on Southwest, I feel at ease and I have peace of mind and right. I'm not worried about how I'm going to be treated. Right. And it's always a guess with American or whatever it is. And people will choose Southwest because of that alone. They don't care about the price, even if they do have the best prices. They're loyal to it. Yeah. There's another point too, is that your competitors can always duplicate your systems. They can never, ever duplicate your culture. Yeah. So if you have a culture that's uh, resonating with your customers, you know, respect, timeliness, communication, things like that, because that's what your culture cares about. A guy can come in and buy the same equipment you do and the same parts that you do and bid plans the same way. And he might even be able to do it in the same amount of time, but he can never duplicate your culture. So it's a major competitive advantage when it's working for you. It's a competitive disadvantage if it's not. Yeah. There's a good example of Uber and Lyft. I mean, they literally do the exact same thing. Right. And I mean, you'll even see, it's so funny, you know, whenever you get picked up by one of them, they've got both of the stickers on their car or whatever it is. But people will choose, and I'm actually one of these people, like there were, there was a huge, like, I mean, multiple dozens of, um, accounts of like sexual harassment inside of Uber. Right. And I remember that. I remember, you know, my, I've got friends that live out there in, in Silicon Valley and nobody wanted to work for Uber. They were, they were literally trying to find people and paying them like, twice as much as people were getting paid at Lyft, but nobody wanted to go because of all these accusations and accounts like actually went to court and were found guilty. And I mean, that's a competitive advantage with hiring for, for Lyft, but then Lyft was paying their, their drivers more. And so people were like, Oh, I want to use Lyft now because these people deserve to get paid, not the big man or whatever. And so anyways, it's uh, but we also learned a lot about the values of the people in Silicon Valley who valued their work environment and peace of mind or however you want to more than the double the money. Right. Sure. So Absolutely. I mean, that's, that's telling us what their values were. Exactly. Exactly. So it's, it's a really important thing. It's, it is very difficult to think of it as tangible, but if you work on it consistently and you emphasize it, your employees will start to see that it is tangible right. and you'll start to feel that it is tangible for sure. So let's jump into our Mount Rushmore segment. Finally, Martin's favorite time. Uh, we got some noises here, right? Let's see if we can get the volume right. There we go. 
I'm not sure that's right. Um, so Mount Rushmore culture musts is what we're doing. Um, and I don't even know if that's the right way to put it, but really just some, some things that if you were getting started on culture, these are the top four things that you would right. start looking at. Well, the first one is a book by Brian Tracy called Focal Point. And it has a lot more in it than just this, but he marches you through the process of identifying uh, your values. So it, it really is invaluable of how to actually do it. If we said anything that's convinced you that it's important, that's a great place to start. There's another book I mentioned in a prior episode, that's called Hiring for Attitude by Mark Murphy. So in uh, Focal Point, Brian Tracy's showing you how to identify your values. And in Hiring for Attitude, Mark Murphy is showing you how to hire people to match your values. So yeah. right there in those two books are, uh, are guides to actually getting it done. Uh, we have a sample cultural statement in the show notes, and I encourage you to pull it out and look at it. It's a, it's a, uh, it's not an exhaustive list, but there are a lot of things on there, but it shows you how you take a word, like one of the values of your company ought to be, or maybe profit. Yeah. Well, what does that mean? If you just throw profit out there, a lot of people would think you're, oh, you're a greedy money grabber, but you can identify profit and what profit means to you. Uh, so it's really when people look at something like that, it, the light goes on. Oh, I see how we can actually use this. Yeah. And then the last thing is uh, an alignment. And once you know what your values are and you have a cultural statement, then we need to present that to the team so that they understand that, hey, there is a culture statement here. They are serious about it. Um, they're not going to believe you're serious about it until some time's passed and you've lived it out. But that's how you start. You can't hold people accountable to do or understand something if you haven't told them what it is. So that's the four. Focal Point by Brian Tracy, Hiring for Attitude by Mark Murphy, uh, the sample culture statement in the show notes, yeah. and an alignment process. Yeah, you do a great alignment. Um, I got to be a part of one of them, and it was really fantastic. Really cool to see these employees that had no idea, you know, finally get in line um, with with the company and right. really understand it and feel invested in too. Um, so I think it's really cool. So I've got I've got four here, um, and these are just things that you know I would encourage you to do. Um, First is, is just starting with yourself. Be yourself, know who you are and who you're wanting to become. And if you can find out who you are, especially if you're a small contractor and you, you, know, you don't have a huge team, you know, if we're talking about hundreds of employees, it's a little bit harder to implement um, you know, just who you are into the company. But if you can start with who you are and what you want and you know your vision, um, that I, in my opinion, that's going to help you to really be intentional about your culture and to communicate it well and to live it out once you have created that culture. Um, my other encouragement is to go and find companies that you feel like fit your values uh, and that you have, you know, you desire to have a culture just like them and go and follow them, go in, maybe try to grab lunch with somebody there and learn about their company, learn about how they do things, but use them as a role model that you can then use as a blueprint to, you know, work on your culture and start to implement as well. Do it while being yourself. Don't try to be someone you're not, but just get ideas from them. Uh, if you start 
surrounding, it's kind of like you are who you surround yourself with. You know, if you start surrounding yourself with companies and, and following companies that you feel like fit your values, you're going to be able to better implement them inside of your own company and become more like them. Um, so that's my second one. Uh, third is employee reviews. I can't emphasize it enough. It's helped our company a ton. And I'm so always so surprised by the amount of people that are companies that don't have like a quarterly review process or even really an annual review process. It's like a five minute, hey, how are you doing? All right, you can do this better. That's it. But on my end, it's helpful as an owner. But on my employees end, it's super helpful to have clear expectations, to know what's going on um, and to be evaluated. So highly, highly encourage employee reviews. Last one, I mentioned it earlier. Culture Code by Daniel Coyle, really great book just in general, but will definitely help you think about culture in a different light. Um, and not just in terms of, you know, what is a good culture, but what are the secrets of highly successful cultures? So that's my encouragement. Those are my four. Yeah. Uh, my top one there is be yourself, know who you are. That's my George Washington. Martin, what do you got? What's your top one? Oh, I think my first one will be the sample culture statement in the show notes. It'll show yeah. how it can be done and take kind of the mystery out of it if there's if yeah. it's still mysterious. Absolutely. Well, uh, give us our quote of the day. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is by Lewis Gerstner. He's a former CEO and chairman of IBM, and he reflects uh, my own experience over the years of being in business, I came to see that culture is not just an aspect of the game. It is the game. And that is so true. Yeah, that's interesting. That's really interesting. Um, I mean, it, it's so, it's so funny. Like, yeah, we're going to have legacies for our companies one day, whether they're good or bad, but you know, at the end of the day, it is, you know, it's what's going on right now. It's the the quality of life that you lived. If you enjoyed it, you know, you never want to be just working for something and grinding that you don't enjoy and you spend your whole life doing it and it amounts to nothing. Right. Um, and so I think it's so, so true. Like if you're, if you're doing something, make it worthwhile, enjoy what you're doing and feel like it is the right thing to do. Um, and if you have a good culture and you're fitting in it, that's what's going to really yeah, more, make that happen. More broadly stated, if, uh, in my 46 years in business, even 20 years ago, if you'd have talked about this kind of thing, we called it touchy-feely, and I would spit on the ground. I mean, I, I just hated it. Just just yeah. do your damn job and get it done by Wednesday and blah, blah, blah. Since I've been coaching and worked with over 300 companies, I have come to realize that the action is between your ears and values mm -hmm. is a huge component of that. If you don't get yeah. your head right, you don't get your values right, the rest of it, it's going to be a perpetual chaos. Yeah. Well, what is something that contractors can actually go do? Okay. Well, I mean, I think uh, I'll also, we'll also put a link in there. Uh, Brian Tracy has a list of about 150 values. Yeah. You know, like accuracy, family, calmness. Anyway, it's, it's a place to kind of go through, but they can actually make an effort to write out the things that are most important. If they don't come up with an action, just a word they can do, as you said earlier, write out a sentence. Yeah. Write them Describe out. It. If you write 20, that's fine. If you write five, that's fine. 
you know, pare them down, combine them maybe, but lend some time to thinking, you know, that really makes me feel good. And when this happens, it really makes me feel bad and start identifying your values. Yeah, absolutely. I encourage, you know, while you're doing that, if you feel like there's employees that really do embody your, your culture and you want more people like them, review after you've written some of these out, review them with those employees, see what their thoughts are. They're going to bring up some that you can't think of, but when you include include employees and things like this, it shows that you're investing in them. You give them that energy. Um, I'm not saying that they have the final decision. You've got the final decision, but at least include them to know that you value them and that you want them around. Right. Either that or uh, norm, just depending on your values. <laughs> They're chattel. You can get more people. Yeah. Yeah. They grow on trees. Yeah. They're everywhere. So, uh, you, you had mentioned that company that started in 1985, well-known company, um, you know, hundred billion dollars in sales. What, uh, tell us about how that worked out for them. They had written out their culture statement. Yeah. Well, uh, that it, it's an interesting one. We said that, uh, if you're going to take the time to write out a culture statement, you better live the values. And that company, uh, was Enron, which I think people <laughs> may have heard of. Uh, if you'll recall, they had integrity, commitment, respect, and excellence as their values. And those words were visible. I have a picture on my computer of those words on the wall, in the lobby, over the shoulder of Ken Lay being walked out of his offices in handcuffs by the police. And I think you know that they uh, were inconsistent with those values. And they're both, yeah. he and... Uh, What's his name? Jeffrey Seller, I think. Skillings. Skillings, yeah. They're both uh, convicted felons. And I, one of them died, I think. But anyway, it, that, that, that will make, that's enough to make you cynical about uh, culture statements uh, and yeah. value statements. But it doesn't have to be that way. Right. Crazy, crazy. Yep. Um, yeah, there's, uh, there's some update that we got to give. You know, normally we finish every episode with intern insights, but uh, we've got to change the name. Ethan is actually no longer an intern. Uh, starting next Monday officially. Yeah. Um, are you going to pay him? Employee. Are you going to pay him? Well, <laughs> he actually just wants to be a part of our culture. He well, I mean, he, that's he, one of he, our he, values. He's listening to us and write these notes down. <laughs> he's getting an education. And you're going to pay him now, in addition to that. We're paying him. We're paying huh? him in addition. Well, I, I guess know. if that's consistent with your values, go ahead. <laughs> well, yeah, it's going to be Ethan's insights. I think now, okay. not intern insights. Ethan's insights. Um, it, what's funny is we actually have another intern who's still going to be an intern, and his name is still Ethan. So <laughs> we technically probably could bring in intern Ethan, a different one. And still have the same segment, but uh, no, we're gonna. We're, this is Ethan's insights. Ethan, you ready for our, re our one minute recap? Yes, sir. All right, let's uh, let's let's maybe. Oh, different. No, no, where's that? Other <laughs> let's do the other one. All right, yeah, I want that let's music do it. All right, you ready? <laughs> let's do it. One minute on the clock. Go for it. All right, culture will exist whether you create it or not. Uh, writing down your values is not enough. You have to live by them. 
Values are not those things you st- are the things you stand for and articulate what you don't stand for. Uh, understand your employees' goals. This will give you a better understanding of how they fit into your company culture. Uh, values are not easy to change. Values are who you are. Your culture can differentiate you from competitors. Competitors can copy your systems, but they can't copy your culture. If you are not capable of living your values, change your values. Uh, know your values and look to accumulate people with similar values in your company. If your company has a culture statement, employees have no excuse for breaking company values. If they, not, if they do not fit in the company culture, they must go. And don't create a company culture that is not you. And lastly, my biggest point is culture can bring more value than money to your company. You can't put a dollar amount on company culture. Hey, that's pretty good. Pretty good. Anything you left out there, Martin? No. uh, One little subtlety is values represent what you stand for or what you won't stand for. Meaning, I won't stand for that, you know. So, but really good. Matter of fact. How did it take us an hour when he got that all done? In, uh, I know. Second? We're long-winded. Man. Long-winded. Yeah, it's tough. We'll know, it, well, it, it, uh, we'll know it's bad if people just start forwarding to the last minute. Forwarding to the last minute. Past us. <laughs> and Ethan starts getting job offers. Yeah, there you go. Um, excited to – I think we're going to do some shorts uh, probably around some of the areas we talked about. Um and excited and think and uh, excited to hear what people think about this and um, yeah, really really cool. I hope that there's great cultures that are birthed from uh, this this inspiration from this talk today. Uh, so if you do have any stories about your culture or anything like that, we'd love to hear them. Uh, you can reach out to us in the show notes or the cashflowcontractor.com. But uh, yeah, hope that we're helping you on your journey to less stress, more time, and more money. Thanks for listening to The Cashflow Contractor. Check out our website in the show notes or visit thecashflowcontractor.com. What's up, Cashflow Contractors? Khalil here. Thank you so much for getting to the end of this episode. It means the world to us that you're listening. Uh, I've got a favor to ask. So we are looking for contractors who would like to have a consult, a free consult with myself and with Martin um, for about 30 minutes to an hour. Uh, we'll basically just ask you questions about your business, about what it's like for you to work as a contractor, and then we will answer any of your questions specific to your business. Then we'll make that a live episode for other contractors to learn from, to engage with, uh, and we think it's a great way for people to really see clear, uh, specific answers to problems that contractors have. So if that interests you at all, we're not going to share any of your information. Um, we, you don't even need to say your name on the episode. But I think we want to get some more of these episodes out there. And if you're willing to do that, we've got a link in the show notes that allows you to just submit a form for a consult. Then we'll schedule it with you and record it, and we'll put you live on on, uh, the podcast. So if that interests you, please check it out in the show notes. If not, no worries. Or if you know someone else that you think would be interested in it, send it to them. That'd be great. But appreciate it. Thank you so much for joining us. And yeah, we hope that you're finding less stress, more time, and more money. Thanks.